Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. Before we start this episode, a quick word about another Crime Story Media production. October 2014. Was David Martinez responsible for killing Pomona SWAT officer Sean Diamond? That's at the heart of Night Raid, a new podcast from Crime Story Media. Subscribe or follow wherever you get this podcast. In our last episode, we presented the third part of our review of the testimony of Colleton County Sheriff's Captain Jason Chapman, the senior officer who responded to the scene of the Murdoch murders as the witness helped establish for the jury the geography of the Murdoch property. In this installment, we conclude our look at Captain Chapman's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. 2023, the second day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. As Dick Harpudlian continues his cross-examination of Colleton County Sheriff's Captain Jason Chapman, the jury once again sees a still image of drone footage on the court TV screens. The still shows the large white structure with trees behind it and to its right. A driveway runs from right to left from the Murdoch home and, after a few hundred yards, it is intersected by another driveway. The perpendicular driveway runs from right to left from the intersection and ends in a grassy area to the right of which are the dog kennels and airplane hangar shelter where Paul and Maggie Murdoch's bodies were discovered. Harpootlian references the white structure in his next question to Captain Chapman. That's the main house, the white building there, right? Yes, sir. It's the Murdoch residence. Right. Well, that's running. You would come down that driveway, take a left at that road, and that, that if you kept going straight, you'd hit the Mosel Highway, right? If you continued straight out the driveway with the planted trees on either side, that would be a separate entrance from the, the farm entrance. Right. It would have been the main entrance to the residence itself off of Moselle Road. Right. The main entrance comes to the residence. That's correct. If you're going to the residence, you come in that entrance. That is correct. Going down to the dog pens, that area, the farm area, you, go, you take the entrance with the, the, uh, I would assume so. the uh, post office box on it. Dick Harpudlian's next questions make reference to photos of footwear worn by Maggie Murdoch that Prosecutor Fernandez had asked Captain Chapman about and had sought to relate to shoe prints found on the ground near the murder scene. The photos of the footwear, the flip-flops or whatever, in one of your reports, you describe that as it looked to you like someone had been pacing. Is that correct? I did describe it as pacing, I believe. Is that accurate? Simply because it goes down, turns around, and comes back. It doesn't appear to veer off anywhere in between, and there's nothing 
it doesn't start anywhere in particular, anywhere in particular. It goes all the way across, turns around, and comes all the way back. The pictures that were put into evidence a moment ago, we see these flat marks, right? The, that, that would be the flip-flops. The impressions we were following, yes, sir. Yes. So they're like right here and here and here. And, and in some instances, these look like actually we blew one up and it's got an REI symbol in the middle of it. And they're in at least one instance over one the flip-flop. Who's that? The only prints that I'm aware of that we could see that night without blowing anything up was the image of the flat shoe wear that you see, and then what Detective Rutland and myself were wearing when we crossed through. That's fine. But, I mean, is, is this y'all? Would you have walked over there or here? Presumably so, because those images weren't there prior to us walking through. I don't remember exactly what shoe style Detective Rutland was wearing and myself, but... Again, you can see the pattern of flip-flops, but you also see these patterned boots or shoes over the flip-flops. Are you telling me those were not there the night before, or you couldn't see them? No, sir. What I'm telling you is when Detective Rutland and I first observed those impressions, there was nothing but a smooth, small, flip-flop-style impression, which down from one end all crossed underneath the hanger all the way to the other, turned around and came back, which is the reason that I referenced it as being a pace. Had it simply crossed underneath, I would have just said crossed underneath. But those were the only impressions. Then she and I walked down the shed, keeping those few impressions between us and the wall without stepping on them. But we did not photograph them that information from that point was relayed to crime scene because we had not done any photographs at all at that point. We were waiting on crime scene. So anything else that came through after that would presumably be crime scene that would have come and taken a look at the impressions, yep. not us. I'm trying to get two issues. First issue. Sir. Were those patterned shoe prints there the night before when you walked through? The only print there were the flat, smooth ones. So those pattern prints came after you saw them the night before? Correct. The okay. only impressions were the flaps. Okay. And you left and turned it over to SLED to process the scene? While we were there, again, that, that was at some point in time while we were there that evening. I didn't leave until like 10 o'clock the next morning. At some point in time, that information was relayed so that they could photograph it. And I don't know whose prints those are. I would assume that they would have been agents that came down behind us and photographed or collected or did whatever. So we were talking about crime scene integrity earlier. Yes, sir. Those aren't your footprints, right? The ones that are, there is a set that would be myself and Detective Rutland's, but, but they're the not going to cross over right, any of not, them. The That's correct. Cross over. They're not your prints. No, sir. If it crossed over one of theirs, it's not mine. Okay. Harpoolian returns the witness's attention to the photos of the shoe prints. Who took this picture, do you know? I do not know. But it was taken, you think, the next day. It was taken relatively soon afterwards because it still shows the smooth prints. So it was either taken upon daylight, because again, we didn't leave until like 10 o'clock. Right. So I don't actually know. So is this best practices to walk over evidence before you photograph it? Can't say that, because it wasn't myself or my detective that did that. I'm just saying, um, you, you- If they were doing so while processing or while collecting, 
then and inadvertently stepped on one, it's okay because they have other ones to use. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that you would have to probably ask the person that stepped on them and took the photographs. If one of your detectives had done this, you would not be happy. Correct? I wouldn't be happy, no, sir. Okay. Not unless it was done after it was processed and for a reason. These are the crime scene photographs taken by, we think, SWED or um, Swister Duffy Stone took some pictures the next day. Sure. One of some, but some agency other than yours, but certainly nobody ought to be walking across this stuff, right? No. Again, like I said, they weren't like that when, I, okay. when we were there, sir. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Defense attorney Dick Harpulian's next set of questions to Captain Chapman makes reference to another set of photographs taken near the kennels at the crime scene. Let me then go to one of the other pictures you were showing a moment ago. Oh, these pictures taken of the water. Do you know when they were taken? I know they were taken that evening, sir, but I'm not sure if you're looking at stills off of a body cam or an actual crime scene photograph. So I don't know exactly when, but they were taken that evening, obviously. Um, in this picture right here, um, water seems to be coming from the pen, right? From the dog pen? It appears so, yes, sir. And there's two full pails of water there for the dogs, right? In the picture, absolutely. And then there's um, some additional water, but that's consistent with the water you saw that night, right? Yeah, the water that I saw that night, and it was captured uh, very well on Sergeant Green's body-worn camera, came out of the first two kennels. Right. Traveled down a short distance and then over to where, at the time, Paul's body was laid. So the wa the water that was around Paul came out of the kennel, correct? I don't know if that's where it came from, but it did come from that direction. There was, and I did not see a hose or a jug or anything else, but it did tail from those first two kennels down to where Paul's body was. Okay. Harpoodlian next puts up a photo of Maggie Murdoch's corpse, wearing flip-flops that had been shown earlier by Prosecutor Fernandez. This was introduced to show what shoes she had on, right? Previously, er yes. yes, sir, it was. Now, on the back of her leg right here, did you that night look at that dirt? I did. Did you see a footwear impression, partial footwear impression, in that dirt? I saw what could very well be a impression. As if somebody um, put their foot on the back, back of her leg. It was something out of mud that very well could have been a shoe impression. On the back of her leg. On the if back of her leg. They put their foot on the back of her leg. Do you know what analysis, if any, was done by SLED or any other law enforcement agency to determine if that was a shoe impression, and if so, what kind of shoe? Do you know? I do not know, sir. Harpoodlian next moves on to ask the witness about his activities after he finished up at the crime scene. Okay, so when you left that night for that early the next morning, had you come to a conclusion to any suspect? Had I come to no hey, Are you aware that the next day, the next morning, your department issued a statement that said, at this time, there is no danger to the public 
If information is received that dictates otherwise, we immediately notify the public. The Carlton County Sheriff's Office issued that. Carlton County Sheriff's Department. Yeah. I'm unaware. No, sir. Let me hand this article up to you. Post and Curry. Prosecutor David Fernandez offers an objection. Our objection. I haven't seen this. Uh, familiar with anything counsel's referencing? Media article. Question posed was whether he was familiar with the statement made. He said no. Media article. Contains all sorts of information not in the record and not exhibit being offered into evidence. Your Honor, I offer into evidence Pope Burger's story of June 8th, the next morning, 2021, which contains the quote which I've just read. In case he's not familiar with With Judge Clifton Newman sustaining the prosecution's objection, Dick Harpudlian tries a new tack. So, was there a danger to the public the next morning? Were you afraid? Some serial killer was out there with a shotgun, AR-type weapon. I can't effectively answer whether or not there's a danger to the public when I don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. I am fairly certain that statement wasn't issued by us, and the reason I state that is because we were not primary, and it is a big no-no for us to issue anything when we're not the primary body. So where that information came from, I'm unaware and it was never asked for me to approve to send to the sheriff. It would have never came from us. Okay. If that statement had run, as it did in the post career on the 8th, would the sheriff's department have pushed back on that and said that's not accurate? There'd be a subsequent story I have seen? I wouldn't have. I can't state that. The only thing I could tell you that when I left that morning, I didn't have any information that proved one thing or the other. So when you left that morning, was Alec Murdoch a suspect in the killing of his wife and son. When I left that morning, I wasn't the primary investigator. To what? That would have been SLED. You gave it, oh, the whole case went to SLED? The whole case went to SLED. We were an assisting body at that time. And you were never consulted after that by SLED? I was not consulted in the sense that anything was provided to me. We have assisted. I have uh, stored vehicles. I have stored uh, property for them. I have stood by while they executed search warrants, but it was not in a manner in which the information or knowledge they had on the case was shared with me. It was the exact opposite. On the night of the murders, um, did your department obtain a search warrant? We did, sir. For all the property, the house, all of it? It was, it was obtained for the entire 1700 acre property. Including the house. Including the house. And was that executed? It was executed at beginning at the Dole Kennels at the primary scene. But did you go to the house? I did not. Did your department? We did not. Who, who actually executed the search warrant? The search warrant was provided that evening to crime scene, which is standard protocol. When they come, they're going to ask for it. We have to show it. Sledge crime scene. Okay. It was given to them. And we stayed, myself and several of my detectives. Several were sent home so they could come in the next morning. And we stayed and assisted. I didn't leave till 9 or 10 o'clock the next morning. Did you go in the residence? But, no, sir. The drone footage that you saw was the last thing I did at that scene that morning, and then I left and went home. What about that night? When the search, was the search warrant executed that night? After that incident there, or that search warrant was executed, I did come back later that day and did a walk around of the property that we've been discussing all afternoon. Right. I have never been to the main house. Never been in? 
I have not been in the main house. Not, someone, not during this incident or any other incident. Did someone from your department go in the main house? Not as an investigator. Let's put it that none of my detectives went over there under my direction. So, but so you gave the search warrant to Swag Crime Scene. Yes, sir. That gave them the authority to go in the house, correct? Yes, it gave them. It was signed off on to cover the seventeen hundred acres. Right, but I'm specifically talking about the residence. Any structure on any on structure. any structure on the residence. They could have looked, taken all his clothes to check if they wanted. Right. They could have. I don't know that they, they did. Well, I well, we're going to talk about that later <laughs> on. They could have. You're familiar with trace evidence. Uh, many many cases where they check showers <clears> or <throat> sinks to see if there's. A trace evidence of blood, right? Am I? Yes, sir. Yes. And uh, do you know whether they did that or not? I do not. Again. Do you know that you can, with the appropriate technology, look at microscopic evidence, see whether it be blood or tissue, um, or if somebody tried to wash something, you can actually still, in, in a, uh, a washed piece of clothing, detect blood or detect tissue even after it's been washed. You wear that? Am I aware of that? Yeah. Yes, I am. Do you know whether SWED did that? I do not, again. But they could have that night done all of those things under that search warrant. Presumably so, and I'm not saying they didn't. Again, Mr. Horrible. Well, but they could have. I'm not saying they didn't either. <coughs> yeah, we're going to find out. Sure. But, but under the search warrant, your department obtained, they had the authority to go in the house, any of the buildings, anywhere on that property, uh, and look for guns, evidence of, of, uh, of any sort of crime. Um, evidence of, again, in the shower, in the sinks, trace evidence. They have the authority to do that. To answer your question, as long as they stay within the scope of the actual warrant that was signed, I don't have that search warrant, and Detective Rutland is the one that actually got it. If they stay within the scope of that search warrant, and they're only searching inside that scope, they had the ability to search structures, vehicles, only 1,700 acres, as long as they're within well, the scope. We'll hear from Detective Rutland tomorrow. Yes, sir. And I'm asking her these questions. Thanks, sir. Having said that, Your Honor, I have no further questions. Judge Newman invites Prosecutor Fernandez to ask the witness follow-up questions. And he redirects. Fernandez directs the witness's attention to the photo of the shoe prints in the area of the airplane hangar. Adam Chapman, the footsteps that you notice, I know we've been through quite a bit of it, but counsel raised this issue. The, tra the, the path you followed, were they consistent with, with the person who started back be beyond this area? And then where did they go from there? I'm asking where they went. Where did they originate? Where did they go to? And where did they end? Objection. Sustain as to the form of the question. Thank you. If you could, please explain to us where, the, where in your estimation, having tra traced the tracks, where they originated from, where they ultimately went to, and where they ended up. The shoe impressions crossed completely from one side all the way to the other, with the building to the right going down, coming back the opposite direction. The only reason I can say that we're fairly certain that it started from the grass side and went through, turned around and came back, is because we never saw any impressions similar to that running beyond the airport hangar on the back side. In the location, where in, in reference to where these footprints ended, ultimately, and where Maggie's body is located. How did that line up? If you take a step back from there, to, your, to the right of that image would have been on the opposite side of the hangar door, would have been Maggie's body. 
Prosecutor Fernandez next refers back to the photograph of the pool of water near the dog kennels. Referencing State's Exhibit 190, Captain Chapman, do you notice flood marks here in the water? Objection, Your Honor. The objection is sustained. Did you observe blood marks in the water when you were there that evening? He is calling for speculation as to what discoloration uh, in, in the water, if there is any, is caused by. I'll, I'll lay a, more of a foundation, Your Honor. Captain Chapman, were you familiar with the scene as this picture depicts? Yes. Did you personally view what this picture depicts? I did. Are you familiar with the discoloration, and did you observe the discoloration in this photograph on two different areas. I did see that. Were the, was that discoloration, in your opinion, consistent? He's not been qualified to give an opinion about this matter. I didn't hear the complete question. In your estimation, in your Your Honor, objection, and if he's going to pursue this frivolous line of questioning, I'd ask the jury be excused. No evidence whatsoever. The church the question. In your experience and observation, having observed the scene and all the matter that was there, were those lines in the in the water consistent with blood? Objection. Sustained. Thank you. I don't need to be thanked for any ruling. No. I'm sorry, Your Honor. <laughs> expressing my gratitude is improper. I appreciate that. Thank you, Your Honor. And I'll ask one, just one last question on the on, and I, th I understand the court's ruling, Captain Chapman. Are the substance there that you identified as having observed? Are they in a straight line? Yes. Thank you, the court's indulgence. I motion to strike his questions about blood from the record, and the jury be instructed to disregard those questions. I've informed the jury that they are to disregard any question when I sustain the objection. They were previously instructed on that. Yes, sir. Thanks. Yes, sir. No further questions, Your Honor. Any further no, cross-examination? Thanks, sir. You may step down. And with that, Judge Newman ends the proceedings for the day, and we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we look at the testimony of a sheriff's detective who examined the scene of the Murdoch murders. Also, check out the new crime story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.